welcome to the Film Photography Podcast. My name is Michael Rosso, and with me is Mr. John Fidelli. Hiya. This baby. is the podcast all about shooting film. We're going to be talking to uh, Mr. Mark O'Brien. Oh. And we're going to be talking about shooting low ISO films. Oh, very scary. These are, these are I films. I don't like low ISO. Low ISO. These are films that are... How low can you go? How low can you go? We're talking about ISO 6. Single digits. Uh, ISO 1, ISO 0. How do you shoot it? It's the new Rage. Lomography just put out two films. Hmm. The FPP just put out two films. Right. It's a very popular thing. So we're going to explore that. And, hey. <laughs> and with us right now is uh, no stranger to folks that have been listening to the Film Photography Podcast, Mr. Mark O'Brien. Welcome, Mark. Hey, good to be here. So today we're going to talk about low ISO films. And for folks watching or listening, you may be buzzing around the internet. Well, let's put it this way. If you're shooting film photography, it's hard to escape low ISO films now because the FPP has had them in their store for quite a few years. And now Lamography Copycat. Is the <laughs> <laughs> And now Lomography just released two low ISO films. And right. for your average film shooter, or I should say, for a film shooter that's, that's not um, a seasoned film shooter, this may mm -hmm. pose a bit of a conundrum, a, a bit of a, a challenge, as they say. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're talking to me. You're talking to me? <laughs> oh, yeah, John. John was Scares asking, me, like, why Mark. should I do I'm scared. You have to allay my fears. Yeah. So, oh, I, I should say, Mark O'Brien uh, is um, uh, the author of a new zine that came out, which ties into this topic because the issue one of monochromania. Mon yeah, monochromania deals with low ISO films, or as you wrote, adventures with slow films. Exactly. Slow. And Mark is also the author of the long-running blog random camera camera blog, blog. can right. i see that can we see that graphic sure it just keeps, a bumper sticker it just keeps you from doing having to do like a graphic there you go <laughs> let's take a screenshot and there you go for a lot of people who who are maybe new to film or even if they've just been shooting your typical 100 to 400 iso film for a month for quite a while jumping down into something that is below the ISO of 100 may seem a little foreign to them, but then um, there aren't too many choices if, as far as everyday slower films, such as, so you would say Pan F50 is a commonly available film. And of course, um, the Sfema FN64, which is an excellent film, but those, those compared to the really low ISO, those are fast films in comparison. Where does one start? Where what's a good thing to aim for? That and there's so many different ones out now, thanks to you guys, that people may be a little, you know, kerfuffled as what they should do. And there's even some really low ISO color films out there too, which which had very specialized mm. uses. So but we're most, mostly talking about black and white here. Yeah, we're just talking about black and white. I'm not going to talk about the color stuff at all okay. because I've not used any of it, so I can't really speak from experience. But the, um, the thing is, with the black and white, you can easily de develop it yourself, which is probably recommended for mo most all of these slow films, home developing. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is a lot of these films may be high contrast, 
because they were developed for um, microfilm use or um, documentary use, uh, document copying. And there tend to be, um, if you just use a regular developer with them, you'll get a high contrast image. It's not going to be too pleasant unless you're aiming for that. So when I look at the typical low ISO films that we, we might be shooting, let's say, um, for me, TechPan is one, and it's still available in small quantities in the secondary market. It's been discontinued since about 1999. That, to me, is my, one of my favorite films because it's, it's panchromatic, which means it covers all the colors of the spectrum, and with an emphasis on the red end of things. So it's a, it tends to be really good um, overall for a lot of different situations. But then you get to something that's blue-sensitive, like the blue-sensitive films we, we talk, we've talked about. And they tend to be, they're orthochromatic, so they're not seeing the red. They have a different spectral response that you can only appreciate if you've been out there shooting with it, different objects with them and things like that. So you get a better idea of what they can do. And I think that a couple of things that people have to keep in mind is that slow films means you're shooting, you're going to be shooting, even if you were to use Sunny 16, well below your typical shutter speed for hand holding a camera uh, if you want i have a question yes sunny like 16 is that like a type of film sunny 16 is our sort of <laughs> you know uh exposure guide on a sunny day okay. you're let's say you shoot at f16 at the and that at the um iso equivalent speed for your shutter so if you were shooting 25 iso film sunny day f16 at 20 125th of a second you're getting on the edge there in terms of hand holding a camera for a many tripod, people baby exactly tripod um i have actually handheld for slower speeds than that but i don't think everyone is um steady handed as i am nope. the the thing is is that a tripod is really really yeah i know you're mr steady hand mike there um what? Yeah. What? a tripod is really essential for the best results for any of these slow films and the other thing with that is if you have a a more recent slr such as a canon eos film camera or nikon n80 or f100 if you can dial down to iso 6 and use the camera's meter then it's really really helpful for these mm -hmm. slow films now if you can't do that you can download any number of metering apps to your smartphone and many of these will go down to iso 1 which is about the slowest yeah. you're going to find any, anything anyways. And there are some that are 0.8, but one's close enough. In many cases, a lot of older cameras may only go down to, for their metering to ISO 25. And you can do some things now. You can, if you ha say you have an ISO 6 setting, or I say ISO 12, and you want to put ISO 6 film in there, if you have exposure compensation built in, which means you tells the, the, the camera to either shoot for a longer or shorter period by if you add plus you're saying i want more exposure so if you have an iso 12 camera or iso 12 sitting on your camera and you shoot iso 6 film if you go plus one in the exposure compensation that's a whole nother stop and that gets you to iso 6. at those low speeds you probably don't want to even bother using any filters because you're blocking some light um whenever you have any light filter. to play with well, it's exactly. You, you don't have a lot of light. And, but the plus side of using a low SIO film is that 
you can shoot wide open on a sunny day, which is really a cool thing to be able to do. So if you have an F1.8 lens, you can go out there and shoot. You could actually shoot handheld at F1.8 on a sunny day with an ISO 6 film. I've done it. It does open up a lot more experimental things that you can do with slow films. You know, I mean, I like taking pictures of waterfalls. I moved to a state that's got thousands and thousands of waterfalls, unlike and Michigan. And, what's, and what state is that? North Carolina. Oh. So, and... Sorry, honey. There's not enough waterfalls... Let's try <laughs> and so within a, just a few minutes of here, I can go hit any number of small waterfalls. And so for me, I like to have that dreamy effect of the flowing water. And a slow ISO film gets you there really quickly and without having to use any neutral density filters and things like that, that you would have to use if you use like an ISO 400 film. So let's bullet point this. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about quickly about developing but to bullet point this, if you want to shoot one of these, these new-to-you, low-ISO films, you use a manual camera. Exactly. Use a light meter app or a handheld light meter so that you could figure out your shutter speed and f-stop on your camera. Right. Uh, do not use a, a compact point-and-shoot camera. You're wasting your time. Exactly. And because it, they won't do a good job. And if you have a steady hand... Or if you're using a wide-angle lens, you might be able to get away with handheld. But if yep. you want something like the beautiful, uh, you know, as you said, uh, waterfalls and you get the flowing motion of water, you want a tripod. Exactly. And the other thing is that because you can use these slow films with um, some have different spectral responses, like, of course, the blue sensitive uh, or the ortho type films they may be really fun to play with for portraiture, giving right. you sort of an old time look to, to portraits that you would shoot with them. And you could shoot wide open on a sunny day um, with one of these and get the pretty similar effect to something that someone may have shot hundred years ago. Now in your magazine, which is called monochrome mania. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have a chapter on developing, but there are a lot of people out there who maybe have the manual SLR gear and would like to shoot this, but they, they don't process or develop at home. In your mind, where would you send this if you had to send it? Well, if there are films that do not require a special developer, then I would send it to someplace like the dark room, but you may want to contact any of these places first and say, can you develop X black and white film? Would be, right. And they, they would get right back to you if they could or not. Old school photo lab probably can do it as well. And so that may limit your choices of films because if they don't require, the reason I would say some films require a special developer, if it's a high contrast film like Codalith or TechPan, um, and there's a couple other ones out there that were like for police surveillance use and things like that. Some of these high or high contrast films will not give you good results in a standard developer. You need to really tame the contrast. And so in the mag in my zine, I talk about Poda, which um, is a very simple developer. It's probably equivalent um, in terms of the, the TD3 that's sold by photographers. Formulary is a good source for those things. Don't be afraid of trying something new. I mean, these, it's always a learning. I mean, some of these films I've shot maybe only once and I, and if I didn't get good results the first time using whatever methodology I'm used to using, 
I might not go back to one again, but then when I get got a little bit more confidence in what I was doing, I, I went back and tried some of these other films. I go, oh, you know, these are really pretty cool. Once you figure out what works for you. With some people, maybe they want to capture movement in a crowded area and use a slow film so everything's the blur. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may want to just uh, use a slow film that's um, got a certain spectral response so that it's uh, either a high contrast image or maybe it's just something that, that looks old fashioned when you look at the images. Um, there's all, and the thing is, it's always a learning process and it's also part of doing some kind of artistic work. And a lot of it's experimental. And so you find out and go, oh, I shouldn't have used that film for this because whatever reason. Uh, but don't be afraid of trying one because I think it gives you another piece of ammunition in the photography toolbox to go out and be creative. Yep. And to me, that's what it's all about is being creative and, you know, have fun. But at the same time, you know, if you're doing some of these oddball films and developers, keep track of what you're doing so that you remember what you did. Um, if you screwed up, you'll know what you did wrong. Or you may, sometimes you're all, we're always lucky and everything comes out exactly the way we want. Yeah. Right. Take good notes. Uh, I think that, um, this segment was a great segment. And if folks out there uh, watching or listening uh, have comments, uh, we can do this again if you have some comments about low ISO film or Mark's zine, monochrome mania. It's uh, still available. Yeah, just uh, send us a note, uh, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Mark, where, do, where does someone get this zine from? They can go to my web, my blog page, and right on the right-hand side of the there's a little column on there, there's a link to ordering it. Great. And, and, and what it's is our blog page again? <laughs> Where's the paper? It is. There it is. There it is. And uh, so just go on there, go on the, the front, the landing page there. And there's a little column on the right that says "Order Monochrome Mania Issue One." And you can link, click on that link. It'll take you right to a square um, payment thing with all you put your information in there and I, I would ship it out to you as soon as I get your order. Now, the thing is I didn't, it, it, the price of $10 includes shipping in the U S mm-hmm. if you're overseas, you'll need to add another $400, another $6 to cover shipping outside the U S. So, right. Well, great. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hey, you're welcome. I would like to thank everyone for joining us here on the Film Photography Podcast in this year, 2020, the year, a very difficult year for many of us. I hope everyone out there listening has been well and keeping it together in this pandemic year. And we're doing our best to hold it together and to keep shooting film. I appreciate all the emails that we have gotten. And I really appreciate all you folks that have gone to filmphotographyproject.com and clicked the donate button and clicked donate and have been sending us a monthly donation. It doesn't have to be much. A dollar, two dollar, three dollars, whatever you think, it's all greatly appreciated. And it keeps us going here. The FPP has always been funded by you, and now more than ever. 
So a great big thanks, and also a great big thanks to the folks that, that have donated gear for our ongoing film camera donation program. That program continues and is more important than ever because we're starting to get emails from folks, teachers, who are saying, we really need cameras because we're not sharing cameras anymore, and I would like to assign each student their very own camera. Not to mention the amazing support for our regular 8mm movie film initiative. That just started about a year, year and a half ago. And although me personally, I'm very focused on getting new regular 8, a.k.a. double 8 movie film perforated and available to you, we're also working on double perforated 16mm as well as double 8 magazine film. For anyone out there that has picked up a roll of movie film, whether it's Super 8, Regular 8, 16mm this year, many thanks. I'm very inspired by you folks that are shooting along with me. That's it for this episode. You know on the 15th we'll have a regular show, and we'll be squeezing in a lot of bonus extra shows, some dedicated specifically to movie film. And if it's all new to you, especially Regular 8. Wow, what is it? Please do consider tuning in. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Any feedback for this show or any show, always happy to hear from you. And I'll see you very soon. Stay well, everyone. Every day I think about you every day Anywhere I know you could be anywhere And yesterday I thought I saw your face again